Hello and welcome. It's Motivational Monday by Jim and Lucy. And today we have special guest from New York. It's Winston Infante. And we talk about how the pain can be actually the potential for growth, for development, for something really good. So hello, Winston. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure, my friend. Thank you for joining us. So tell us more about your work. You have impressive uh, background. Well, thanks. I'll, I'll give you the very abridged version because it is a long history. But I've been in mental health for 13 years. I started out as a psychotherapist. I've worked in every situation you could imagine. I've been in inpatient, outpatient, homeless shelters, private practice, Department of Education, fly behavioral analysis, traveling home therapist. Uh, you name it, I've done it. And I found that I was really looking for something that was more interesting, more transformational. I feel like there was a lot of issues that I encountered in modern Western psychology. And so I set out to try and find something different. And that's when I kind of started leaning into life coaching. And I went and I studied and I got certified under Tony Robbins training program to become a strategic intervention coach. And then I felt like there was still something missing. And so I wanted to go back to my roots. And I started creating a hybrid service that combines aspects of traditional therapy, modern day coaching, and one more piece, which is mentoring. Because I believe that nobody loves you and has you genuinely in mind than a mentor. And so as I combine this hybrid, I've started to create something that's new and that I'm really excited about. My aim is to impact 1 billion lives. And so that's how I intend to do it. And uh, oh, one fun fact that I left out is I used to be a firefighter as well while I was building my business. Oh, really? So, yeah, I was a firefighter during the pandemic and all that good stuff. And uh, I was building the coaching business on the side until I eventually got to a place where I was able to step full-time into entrepreneurship. And now I own a few different businesses, have some advisory roles, and obviously I do my coaching as well. So here we are. Well, well I, I tell you, all of it is really impressive. I used to live in the Los Angeles area years ago. And I heard about people who wanted to become firefighters. That is a tough job to even get. Yes, yes. There's <laughs> a lot of training. Be considered as a, it's difficult. That's yes, very it, it it is very competitive, especially in New York. They have about eighty-five thousand applicants, and they only open the test every four years. You need to be roughly in the top five thousand or a little lower to get accepted. And uh, then you have to go through a six-month academy, run military style. It's like a paramilitary organization. They have drill instructors, all that. And then after that, if you succeed, then you earn the title of firefighter. Wow. That, that, that is impressive. I, I think I'd rather just buy myself a, buy myself a cap from a, a half of the dollar store or something and wear it and, and pretend I've won. <laughs> <laughs> I can get it one. That's fair. <laughs> I'm which, which of you enjoyed the most and why? I'm sorry, what did you say? Which job you enjoyed the most and why? Firefighter or well, mentor? It's so interesting, right? Because that's that is so so wildly different that each one I loved. I actually really do miss the job as a firefighter. There's nothing cooler. Then and and everybody thinks I'm crazy when I say this. This makes me get sanity checked, right? But I, there's nothing cooler than than getting ready to run into a fire, and it's it's just it's a real rush of adrenaline. It's very exciting. 
in and you know there's a lot that goes on in there right like you're going to be actively participating in protecting life and property you're going to be running into danger while everybody's running away there is something that you have to do to just get yourself mentally clear mentally strong for what you're about to do and you don't know what you're about to encounter so when i say it's cool like I also don't want people to feel offended by that, right? Because people could think, oh, how's it cool? Somebody's life might be lost or somebody might be dying or people's property and lives are getting destroyed. And so I don't want to say like it's cool in that regard, but it's it's very interesting in the way that you have to transform to go into that, right? It requires so much of someone to do. And that was the really fascinating part to me is like how you switch, right? One minute you're sitting there, you might be eating lunch, cracking a joke with the, with the guy at the firehouse. And then the next snap of the fingers you're ready to go and fight whatever's about to come at you. And you don't know what you're going to encounter. You're just ready. You're zoned in. You're like, I'm going. And so to be able to switch like that, to me, that's fascinating, especially for the work I do as a mindset coach. And so it's such a different aspect. And now what I do, I find this extremely fulfilling. Not that that wasn't, but the ability to impact people's lives on such a deep personal level and help people alleviate their suffering like I've alleviated mine as I had a lot of adversity to go through in my life. I think there's something very near and dear to my heart with that, that I, I unfortunately didn't find with firefighting. So I still miss that job. I loved being a firefighter, but there's a different, a different level of fulfillment that I find in this work. But you're both, but you're still in the business of serving others. Oh yeah, of course. Yes. That course. is impressive. So Vincent, uh, from pain to realizing the potential, uh, I know many people get in stuck and we all tend to, you know, slide into the either victim mode or the pity party when things are not going great and something happens. So how do we uh, change that mindset? How do we find that switch to go from pain to something good? I think that there's a lot of interesting ways to do it. So I'll just give my way. <laughs> what I had gone through in life was I had experienced a lot of bullying. I had been severely ostracized. I had been called out. I was the black sheep. For those of you that can't see me, I'm wearing a black shirt. I still am the black sheep. And <laughs> I was having a lot of trouble embracing it. When I was going through my childhood, I suffered severely with depression, anxiety, panic attacks, and I was highly suicidal. And I was going to counseling and it wasn't helping. There was really nothing that was helping me, actually. And I felt like I was just in this state of stuckness and victimhood. And it wasn't until I was about 18 years old where I decided, like, I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. I was tired of this pain. And so I created a small shift. Going into college, I wrote down on all of my transcripts, instead of writing my name is Vincent, I wrote Vincenzo. And it was a super small shift. It was two letters but it made the world of difference. And all of a sudden I started doing things a little different, right? I started working out. I have, I grew a beard. I got a few tattoos and I started getting recognition from not only women, but men. Suddenly I went from a guy who had no girlfriend, no attention from anyone being bullied and picked on to being someone that people wanted to hang out with. I, I like invented this new persona and I started getting all this attention. And I started really like blooming in that sense. College was my glory years. And all of a sudden I get all this and I don't know what to do with it. And so my internals are still messed up. I'm still depressed. I'm still sad. I'm still anxious. I'm still getting these panic attacks and they're getting worse and worse progressively. 
I excelled in school. I graduated Sci-Chi National Honor Society. I was a head researcher. I presented at the undergrad conference. I did so much and I got into every master's program I applied for. I had two jobs. I was a personal trainer. I was a mental health worker at a hospital. You know, I was, I was living the life. I was driving a Camaro. Who's cooler than me? And nothing was getting better, though. And so I went, I got my master's. And at 23, after fighting through all these mental breakdowns and panic attacks and all these situations, I remember I was just fed up one day. And I'll never forget it. This I call it my moment in the mirror, where I was in my parents' bathroom. I, I still lived with them. And so I was in the house and I was in the bathroom. And I slammed my hands on the counter. And I was so frustrated. I was like, what is wrong? I got a Camaro. I have a hot girlfriend. I was like, I got tattoos. I work out. I'm cool. I have money. I have a master's. I was the youngest guy in my school who graduated my master's at 23 years old. I was like, I have the whole world in my hand. What? Why am I still depressed? Why am I still like this? And I'll never forget. I still get shivers right now. I'm talking about it. I get the chills on my back. And I'll never forget. I look in the mirror and I said, oh, my God. It's like, you're Vincent. And that was the first time in seven years that I said my own name. And why that was so powerful was because I took my power back in that moment. You see, when we're struggling with victimhood, what we're doing is we're giving away our power to people. We're giving away our emotional health. We're giving people control over our emotions. We're giving people control over our circumstances. We're giving people control over our thoughts and our focus and our energy. And we have no power for ourselves. So it's very easy to stay in victimhood and continue to feel like the victim. And when I finally took my name back, I embraced everything, which comes to two points that I like to talk about. Radical acceptance. Everything that's happened has happened. You can't change it. Accept it. Everything that is currently going on in life is currently going on. Accept that. And don't accept that your future has to be determined by these two things. Which brings me to my last concept, which was extreme ownership. I have the power to now take control of my life. And instead of continuing to feel dragged through it, I have the power to step into it and create the life I want to live. And so by doing these few things, I got myself out of victimhood. My anxiety and depression started going away. I haven't had a panic attack since I was 22. And everything started flowing because now I was coming from a place of power and abundance as opposed to people or situations determining my life. No one has the power to influence my thoughts, my emotions, my feelings. And I started learning about more concepts of self-mastery and internal leadership, which led to these breakthroughs for me. That is awesome. It is a great story. And you told the story in a way that's simple enough for people to grasp it and say, okay, well, I can apply this to myself. Because, so... I had a guest on once that talked about imposter syndrome. Did you have any of that think along the way? Of course. I mean, there's, it's something that's so relevant, even, even to this day. Every time you try to start something new, you're going to have imposter syndrome, right? Because imposter syndrome really just comes from a feeling, a high feeling of uncertainty. And we're always going to have uncertainty when we try something new. I mean, that's, That's kind of the name of the game. How do you start something new and know how to do it? You have an idea maybe, but you don't know how. And so that imposter syndrome always comes up. Like, you know, we we try to change thoughts or we try to change habits or we try to change behaviors and we feel like, well, that's not us. Well, why is that not you? Well, because I'm not this person. Yeah, but you're trying to become that person, right? I always used to say you have to believe it until you become it, not fake it till you make it. 
I think a lot of imposter syndrome comes from that. We have this obsession with fake it till you make it. And that's terrible. Like that you already know, right? Just the, the implication of that term, you're faking it. You already have no reason to believe yourself capable. But if you believe it until you become it, you're saying, I believe it. Like this is who I am and I know who I truly am. And I'm going to step into that and the world may not be ready for it, but it better start accommodating because I'm coming. Yes, that's good. But it's powerful. Uh, listen, when you say taking power back and mm. uh, the ownership, I know that many people right now who are in a state of mind that are things are bad, things are not happening for me, but to me, they will yeah. have a lot of response like, I can't do this because because of this, because of that, like million reasons. How to sure. find that spot? Is there exercise, affirmation, anything that can help snap out of that state? Yeah, I mean, I teach this to everyone. And honestly, I, I don't want to say I stole it because I believe information isn't stolen. It's free and it's supposed to be given, right? But I teach this concept to everyone. It's a great concept. You can even find it in this book. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. It's one of the greatest books I've ever read because it gave me one concept that changed my life and changes many others. And it's called the circle of influence and then the circle of concern. And so if you're dealing with victimhood, what you want to do is you want to look into these two concepts. Circle of influence outlines that there are very few things you can control in this world. I've taken it one step further and found, figured out there's really only five things, right? The five things that you can control in this world is your thoughts, your behaviors, your actions, your emotions, and the language you use. These are the only five things. Everything else you can't. Everything else you put down what we call the circle of concern. As you focus on the five things you can control, your circle of influence expands. It makes life bigger because now you're finding more things that you own. You can't change anything that you don't own, right? I can't change you, you're, you're somebody else. You can do whatever you like in life. I have nothing to do with that. However, I could change how I respond to you. And so that's where the power of the circle of influence comes. You wanna see, is there an action I can control? Is there behavior I can control? Is there a thought, a feeling, or language, right? Language is focus. What you say becomes real. So if you can't find any of those things, you're gonna feel like you're in victimhood. That's the circle of concern. The circle of concern is when we're focused on things out of our control and it continues to shrink our circle of influence because we're giving away our power. Everything we feel like what you were mentioning with the victimhood is like, well, somebody's doing this and somebody's doing that. And I feel this way because of whatever. And as that shrinks your circle of influence, you actually become less influential. Your power shrinks and you give it away to everything you're focused on. I would like to even give this one story that could help provide people some perspective. There was this man his name is Viktor Frankl. He wrote the book called Man's Search for Meaning. Now, Viktor Frankl is an important name to know because he was a psychologist. But most importantly, he was a German psychologist in Nazi Germany. And we know what happened to Jewish psychologists in Nazi Germany, right? Or any Jewish person. This man was sent to the internment camps. And Viktor Frankl reported and recorded that he found more peace, joy, and freedom in an internment camp than the guards that watched it and had the freedom to go home. How does a man who's watching his friends, his family, and his community be slaughtered in front of him? How does he live through this? How does he witness this? How does he watch this and still find hope, love, prosperity, and freedom? Well, the answer is simple. He had a very good focus when it came to his circle of influence. He focused on his feelings. He focused on hope. He focused on what could possibly happen once he gets out of here. 
He focused on wanting to make the world a better place through this experience, making sure it never happens again. It became his life mission. You could read about it. So if somebody who's going through that can find peace, why can't you with whatever problem you have in your world today? You're focused on the wrong things. And you do have the same opportunity as he did, as I did. The power is within me, just like it's within you. We're all human, but we all have this unlimited potential because we come from an unlimited source. That is just brilliant. That is great advice. It is great advice. So our dear listeners, please take this advice, not into consideration, but take an action today because uh, each and every one of us has a power to change change our lives and affect positively the lives of others. And you need to focus on positive. Okay. <laughs> and I will advise you to go to uh, Vincent's website and work with him. It's vincentinfante.life. You can find link in the description of this episode. Yes, and Infante is I-N-F-A-N-T-E. That's pretty good, huh? <laughs> He always does. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we and, live, and I would like to say, no, please sorry, go on. No, I was please. just going to say, I, I would love if, if anyone found value in today's conversation, just check out social media. I post daily videos giving tons of free advice because my goal really is to help a billion people. And so if anyone wanted to check me out, feel free to be one of those billion. <laughs> well, I think you just have, because I can't imagine anyone that he just said not wanting to work with you because you said it in a way that you have to think to yourself, wait a minute, this man is in a concentration camp. He doesn't know yet that his family has all, they've all perished. He has no idea. And yet he sees people leaving behind him and he has to be focused in a new way. And it's just impressive how he managed to do this. And if he can do that, what the rest, what can the rest of us do in our relationships and the people we encounter, the market and everything else? Just think this that these people listening to you, they go and apply this, you'll get to that billion people because it's going to go exponentially, my friend. I hope so. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much for joining us today, Vincent. Uh, it is a great advice. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. One more last thing. Do you have any uh, YouTube videos available people to go to watch? You know, unfortunately, I don't do long-form content as of yet. I just do a lot of reels. You could find me on Instagram. I do reels daily and uh, TikTok. But the TikTok's got the funny reels. So I'd say focus on Instagram for the good advice. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a humorous side to you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I like I like fun. I think it's important to learning. Like life doesn't have to be hard and and serious. It fun is where the most transformation happens. If you pair learning with fun, you're infinitely going to pay more attention and get more out of it. So I, I try to bring the fun. Well, great. And for anyone listening, for the first thousand people that go to sign up for Vincent TikTok page, he will eat a worm for you. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, thank you. That's a new Instagram challenge. <laughs> you can thank us later. Thank I wasn't ready. Us. Thank you. This is Motivational Monday by, by Jim, Jim and Lucy. Lucy. Follow our podcast. And check out our website, jimandlucywoods.com.